Shalom everyone. So today I want to delve deep, deep, deep into the essence of the mitzvah of tzitzas. We're going to start with the halacha, then we're going to delve deeper into the ilan and the machshava. And as with every mitzvah, every concept, every idea in Torah, you start by saying, what is the purpose, what's the essence, what is the nature of this mitzvah? So whether you're a man or a woman, you want to think about what is the mitzvah of tzitzas, what does it represent, what does tzitzas embody, why do we wear it? And you start with the details, you start with the basic halachas, and you start to say, okay, this is what tzitzis is, and then you start to deepen and say, why is tzitzis like this? So you look at tzitzis, you say, okay, you wear tzitzis, you, you wear strings on a four-cornered garment, why only on a four-cornered garment? Well, what's the idea with the strings? What is the purpose of this unique mitzvah? And... Also, most people wear their tzitzis in, some people wear their tzitzis out. So you start with the Shulchanarach. Shulchanarach, Norachayim, Chasid Aleph, says that the mitzvah of tzitzis is to wear it on top of your garments. So that will remind you of the mitzvah. So immediately you see one thing, which is that it's supposed to be visible, right? You're supposed to wear it on top of your garments. And also there's this idea that it's supposed to remind you of the mitzvah. So number one, why are you supposed to wear it on top of your garments? Number two, how does tzitzis remind you of the mitzvahs? And the Mishnah says that we actually hold that you should be wearing, you should wear the garment of tzitzis, you should wear it under your garment. So it shouldn't be seen. And the Maganavram on that Mishnah says, nevertheless, even though you're wearing it under your shirt, you still shouldn't tuck it in. It should still be seen. And he actually gives the analogy, he says, even if you say, you know, I live amongst non-Jews, so I don't want to stick out, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to stay out amongst the crowd, I don't want to, to you know, gain too much attention, but if you were given a medal of honor from the king of the country, and the king's name was engraved upon it, you'd always wear it. You'd make sure that everyone saw it. So if Hashem gave you the opportunity to wear tzitzis, which alludes to Hashem and his mitzvahs that Hashem gave us, then of course you should wear it out. So there is this, already at the, at the starting point, there's this debate as to you know, whether tzitzis should be seen, shouldn't be seen. But the fundamental concept of why it should be seen is because Orisama so, that the entire essence seems to be that you should see the tzitzis. Now we need to understand what that means. What is the idea of seeing the tzitzis? And to take this step further, the, it's very interesting that when it comes to the bracha that you make on tzitzis, it seems that you make the bracha after putting on the tzitzis. And that seems strange because usually... We make brachos before doing the mitzvah, over last yasin. And when it comes to tzitzis, you put on the tzitzis, then you make the bracha. What's going on? So it seems to be that the bracha isn't on the mice. It's not on the action of putting on, in which case you'd make the bracha beforehand. But rather the bracha is on the status of wearing tzitzis. You need to keep that in mind because there's something about wearing tzitzis that is fundamental. That's supposed to help you see something, resem so, right? You're supposed to see something about this. What is it that you're trying to see? So already we see this idea of, of seeing the tzitzis, of wearing the tzitzis, of having not just the action of putting on, but the consistent wearing of the tzitzis, the fact that it should be seen, at least even if you're not doing that practically and you're talking in your tzitzis, the idea of seeing the tzitzis, especially when you say shema, you say resem so, you look at them, you kiss them during shema. So, what is this idea? 
what is the tzitzis? So the Gemara talks about the value of tzitzis, says that um, you're supposed to see the tzitzis, and that when you see the tzitzis, it's equal weight, it's shakul to all the mitzvahs in the Torah. So all of a sudden, you start seeing the value of tzitzis. We're talking about um, how when you see the tzitzis, it reminds you of the mitzvahs, it's equal to the value of all the mitzvahs. Well, what's going on here? So we have a, a bunch of str- very interesting and striking makaros that talk about the fundamental importance of tzitzis, of looking at tzitzis, of wearing tzitzis, seeing tzitzis. But let's start to break down all the different details and start to analyze all the different components of this mitzvah and perhaps build something profoundly deep and really give a very meaningful gateway into, into an inspiring understanding of what tzitzis is really about. So first of all, we need to understand what's the idea of cornered garments. Right? You only wear tzitzis when the garment that you're wearing has four corners. Well, what's the idea of a corner garment? Why is, why is the requirement of tzitzis only when it's cornered? What's the importance of corners? What's the, the significance? Is it just a, it's a chok? Or is there something deeper or more important or more significant about this idea of, of putting tzitzis on a cornered garment? And also... There's a very significant halachic discussion about what type of garment requires tzitzis. And the post came, especially based on the Gemara, talk about how only a halachic beget requires tzitzis. And that's very interesting, because what's so important about having a halachic definition? I mean, why, do you, why, why only something that has the halachic definition of being a beget requires tzitzis? Anything you're wearing should require tzitzis. What's this idea of, of halachic beget? So there's a famous discussion of what's considered a baguette, for example. You know, the basis of this starts with the, the famous discussion in the Gemara um, about what type of baguette requires tzitzim and diraisa. Atanz Be'er Bishmol holds that only tzemer and pishtim require, and Rava holds that all the gadim do, and shulchan or paskins like Tanz Be'er Bishmol, which was basically only tzemer and pishtim or chayim and diraisa and tzitzis, and there are paskins like Rava, that all the gadim are chayim and diraisa, and only midirabon on everything is chayim and tzitzis. But the discussion is very related to this idea of what's considered to be a baguette. And this is very practical, because a lot of people want to wear mesh tzitzis, and mesh is, is a big debate. Is mesh is synthetic garments? Is that considered to be a halachic baguette? So you get into these very interesting discussions, but then you want to take a step back and you say, what is the significance of a baguette? Why only something that fits into the category of a baguette? Is there any deeper meaning to the concept of a baguette? Number and to take a step further, we're going to basically just add a, ask a bunch of questions on all the basic halachas of this. One of the most significant and interesting aspects of the mitzvah of tzitzis is that it seems to be an optional mitzvah. Very strange. An optional mitzvah. Because what, the lashon of the, of the chiv is that only if you're wearing a cornered garment, only if you're wearing a cornered baguette is there a chiv. So what if you're not wearing a cornered baguette? So the pasuk shot is that it's not even a bitl ase. It's not that you should be wearing tzitzis on this, it's that there's no chiv to wear tzitzis. It's only when you happen to be wearing a cornered garment that you have a chiv tzitzis. And we specifically put on cornered garments to, to create the chiv tzitzis, and then we have tzitzis on those garments. But it seems to be that if you don't have a cornered garment on, there's just 
you're not being mevatel in an essay, you're just not fulfilling an opportunity to do a special mitzvah essay. But where in the world do we have this concept that you're not even mevatel in an essay? It's just that if you happen to have a corner garment on, you wear tzitzis. Why is that such a, uh, why is that part of the mitzvah tzitzis? You'd think that tzitzis would be an actual requirement where it's the begot of a Jew. It's what we identify as being part of Kla Yisrael. Why is this an opportunity and an option as opposed to a requirement? And uh, the Shulchan Aruch, and this is, you know, f- famously brought down by, you know, <laughs> by Poskim uh, uh, in Bali Machshava, that there is significance to the number of strings and knots, right? There's eight strings and five knots. And you have to ask yourself, why this specific number? Why this specific number of strings and knots? Is there any significance behind it? Also, what's the purpose of Tchilas? Tchilas is one of the most fascinating discussions nowadays um, in terms of whether we lost the Mesorah, in terms of whether we found the Tchilas, don't have Tchilas. But regardless of that discussion, Tchilas, the Gemara Benachos, Daf Mem Gimel Mebez, talks about the importance of Tchilas, and you're probably familiar with it. It talks about Tchilas leads you to thinking about uh, the ocean, ocean leads you to think about the sky, the sky leads to thinking about the case of Kavit. Well, what's, what's going on here? What's the importance of Tchilas? What's the purpose of Tchilas? And also the very word Tzitzis, what, what, where does that come from? The only word you think of when you think of tzitzis in terms of other aspects of Torah, other aspects of Alacha, is the tzitz. The tzitz of the coin godly, to wear it on his forehead. What does that have to do with tzitzis? It seems to be very disconnected from, uh, you know, the, the thing that the coin godly would wear. What's going on here? And also the one of the significant aspects of tzitzis is the location in the Torah where we are given the chiyav. It's right after the Chit HaMaragim, right after the sin of the spies, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives us this unique mitzvah. Why? What does Tzitzis have to do with the Chit HaMaragim, and why specifically after the Chit HaMaragim are we given the unique mitzvah of Tzitzis? And the last question we'll ask is, why aren't we Chayev at night? One of the unique aspects of Tzitzis is that it's specifically a daytime mitzvah. Chayev towards Tzitzis during the day. But what changes at night? Why would the Chayev disappear at night? It doesn't seem to be very logical if we're thinking of this as something which reminds you about connecting to Hashem, connecting to the mitzvahs, so that should be 24-7. You should always be wearing this. What's this idea of having some distinction between daytime and nighttime? And I'll give you one last question, which we're not going to focus on today, but it's a fascinating question to think about, is why aren't women chayv in scissors? If you think about it, the mitzvah seishas mangrama concept would make it that, okay, Maybe they're putter. But simply put, this is a very different type of mitzvah sasei grandma because if we're saying it's because you're only chayv during the day, um, the, the svar of why a woman would be putter is not as strong here. So there there are different reasons, different things to think about why a woman would be putter, but it definitely is something to think about why women aren't chayv in the mitzvah of tzitzis. Um, very deep, deep topics here, especially especially really all these things, but uh, very, very deep topics to think about. And the question really gets at, as with every concept, every mitzvah, every idea, what is the essence of tzitzis? What is the purpose of the mitzvah of tzitzis? And there are levels of this mitzvah. So I want to delve into some of the most interesting aspects of this mitzvah. And... And we'll start by building layers. On the most simple level, the mitzvah of tzitzis is the mitzvah of seeing properly. 
It's about developing a spiritual lens, a spiritual eyesight, a way of seeing things with an eye and toe, seeing things clearly, learning how to develop a way of seeing with with profound insight so that you see the world through a specific lens, through spiritual glasses. And in addition to the power of proper sight, the concept that this is also about wearing a spiritual uniform. It's about, you know, the idea of a dress, <laughs> dress maketh man, how the way you dress affects who you are, how you see yourself, how you identify yourself. You wear a uniform to say I'm part of a team. You wear tzitzis to say this is who I am. And there are levels of this as well. Meaning the Ramchal and Derech Hashem, um, in the fourth part of Derech Hashem, he says the Hashem ensured that all aspects of our life could be uplifted and could connect to Kedusha. So he bases on the, on the Gemara Menachos, same Gemara Menachos stuff, Mem Gimel and Beis, that Hashem didn't leave anything in the world which he didn't give a mitzvah to. Every aspect of the physical world has the ability to, as Myra will say, mitzvah comes from Lashem Tzavta, to connect. Every aspect of the physical world can connect to something transcendent. So for food, HaKadosh Baruch gave the mitzvah of Birchas Hamazon. For clothing, HaKadosh Baruch gave the mitzvah of Tzitzas. Meaning what? That Hashem allows us to perform mitzvahs even when we wear clothing. But what's the idea here? What's the idea of uplifting the concept of clothing, of begadim? Begadim. So let's try to develop something absolutely profound, absolutely powerful. And the principle really starts with an idea we've talked about before, but if you haven't heard this before, it's a life-changing concept. And it starts with an analogy. So the Bala Mashava talk about the following analogy. Imagine you're walking down a path. And as you're walking down this path, you turn around, you see where you came from. Keep walking. Go a little further, turn around, you see where you came from. But eventually, there's a fork in the road. And you take a right turn, and you start walking, and then you look back and you realize you can no longer see where you came from. And in order to trace yourself back to your source, to where you came from, you have to use memory, you have to use intellect, and you have to look past what you can see with your physical eyes. You have to almost project wisdom onto your physical sight, because your physical sight no longer leads you back to where you're trying to get to. And that is how... The Ramchal, the Maharal, and many other Balei Machshava talk about what happened after Adam HaRishon sin. See, when HaKadosh Baruch originally created the world, the world was illuminescent. The way the Midrash talks about Adam HaRishon's guf, his body, is it was illuminescent, it was like a light bulb almost. When you look at a light bulb, all you see is light. If you look very closely, you can see the bulb. When you look at a normal human being nowadays, you see the physical body. You don't see the internal self, the mind, the soul, the consciousness, the inner being, the inner essence. You see the physical surface. The physical surface now hides. But originally, when you looked at Adam Harishan, you saw Adam Harishan. The, the physical absolutely reflected its internal essence. You looked at anything in the physical world and it reflected its essence. The reason why is because everything in the physical was on a much higher level. And the proof of this is that Adam Harishan's guf, his body, was in Ganeda. See, our soul goes to Ganeda, meaning his guf was on the level of our soul. Now, what that means is a whole discussion, but basically, Adam Harishan was on an infinitely higher level than we are nowadays. And what happened after the of, of Adam Harishan is that everything fell to a lower level, meaning that everything became more physical, more corporeal, more opaque, more concrete, more limited. 
And therefore, when you look at a person nowadays, you don't see them. You don't see their inner world, the inner mind, the inner self, their consciousness, their, their neshama. You see their guf, the, out, the external self. And the analogy is basically like the straight path that bent. Meaning what? It used to be that when you look at the world, when you're living in this world, it's so easy to trace yourself back to Hashem. The world was illuminescent, it was full of spiritual consciousness. But now, the world looks like a physical place. You have to use your intellect, you have to use your mind, your soul, you have to, you have to almost peer past the surface to trace yourself back to the root. And what our life has become the mission statement of a Jew is to straighten the bent path. It's to say that even though the world does not clearly reflect Tachem, I'm going to reveal it. I'm going to embody it. I'm going to experience it. I'm going to see it myself and help others see it as well. And the idea is basically learning how to see with deeper eyes because on the surface, nothing seems to be deeper. Nothing seems to be profound and important and meaningful. But when you learn to live in that dimension of thought and consciousness, you experience it, you feel it, you live it, and you reveal it. And that's the idea of straightening the bent path. And this is the idea of tzitzas. Why? Because when do you wear tzitzas? You wear tzitzas when a garment bends. Now think about that. You have a straight garment and it takes a turn. What do you do when the garment takes a turn? You straighten that bent path by bringing tzitzas strings to, break, to create a straight line where the garment bent. So in essence, you are basically taking a bent path and you're straining it. The idea of tzitzas is learning how to see the infinite within the finite, the transcendent within the imminent, the spiritual within the physical. It's learning how to see with deeper eyes. And even though things seem to be very limited and, and physical and everything is just broken and shattered, you learn how to create oneness, harmony, and depth within that bent path, so to speak. And that's really the essence of tzitzis. And that's the essence of learning how to use the surface, use the physical, and to connect it to something higher, to something transcendent, as opposed to saying, I'm only going to live in the spiritual, I'm going to disconnect from the physical, or I'm only going to live in the physical, I'm just going to become you know, a physical being who doesn't connect to anything higher. I'm going to learn how to harmonize and synthesize both. I'm going to straighten the bent path, and I'm going to permeate and reveal the infinite within the finite, and the spiritual within the physical. I'm going to reveal Hashem in this world. I'm going to connect to Hashem, and I'm going to reveal that in this world by living a life of Torah mitzvahs. And that's the idea where the poskim talk about when you look at tzitzah, it reminds you of mitzvahs. We have to think about what that means, but that's the idea. That's the starting point, is that tzitzah embodies and represents living a Torah life in this world, even though it seems to be a bent world a bent path, a world that no longer reveals Hashem, no longer reflects Hashem in the, the spiritual infinite dimension of reality. And that's also why we talked about why tzitzis is only required on a halachic beged. Why only a halachic beged? Because look at the word beged. There's a tremendously detour about the concept of beged. Because beged literally means clothing. But if you look at it, beged is the the Bez Gimel Dalid. It's the the Aleph base starts with an Aleph, and then it goes to Beis Gimeldal. Aleph always represents the spiritual root. That's why the Asersadibras, when Kosh Baruch revealed himself in the world, starts with Anochi, it starts with an Aleph, but the physical creation of the world, Beresha, starts with a base. Because 
The Maharal explains that Bez is always the letter of Tunis. That's why Bracha, which is HaKadosh Baruch Hu flowing Shafas, flowing blessing and Bracha into this world, into the physical world, is the, the word of Tunis. Bracha is Bez, Resh, and Chaf. Bez is a gematria of two, Reish is a gematria of 200, and Chaf is a gematria of 20. It's the word of Tunis. And Bereshus was the creation of Tunis. Anochi Hashem Alekechem, when Kodesh revealed himself by Ma'an Torah, it was a revelation of the infinite spiritual dimension, but Bereshus was the creation of the physical world. So Bez starts the process of Tunis, and Bez Gimel Dalid is that progression of Tunis into the physical world. Aleph. You know, Aleph is, is a very, it's, it's a gematria of one. It's a silent letter. And also, aloof is to be like, you know, uh, you know, it, it's like, it, it, it represents the concept of that which is lofty, that which is transcendent. But Bayes already brings yourself into the dimension of physicality. Bayes Gimel Dalit is that progression into the physical world. So that's begged. Why is that begged? Why is that clothing? Because... And this is a tremendously powerful idea. If you think about it, there's another word for begged. Right? What, what, when you wear clothing, what, what does it do? It's, it's how you represent yourself. But begged also means what? It means to betray. Bogade is to be a traitor, treachery. Why? Because clothing can betray you. Because when you, when you have this exterior and you kind of identify yourself as a physical being who wears outer, outer garments, your clothing can hide you. And in essence, that's what happened after Adam HaRishon's sin is that his body hid him. If you want to go back to the original sin of, of Adam HaRishon, what happened right after he sinned, he hid because he was embarrassed because his body was now physical. But the Kaj Baruch Hu gave him clothing. Why? Because the very thing that can hide you and can betray your essence and can make you seem like a more physical being, can also reveal your essence. And the idea is to use the very problem as the tikkun. So clothing, begged, can bogate, it can be, help you betray your true self, can hide you, it can make you look more like a physical being, or you can use it to represent something infinite, to allow the clothing itself to become the representation and embodiment of who you truly are. And that's the idea of true covet is covet is revealing something higher, something true, right? So you give honor to something that you say, wow, that's incredible. I respect that because that, that reflects greatness or reflects truth. But the concept of covet is also the concept of also expressing truth. So you want to represent something higher than yourself. And that's the idea of wearing spiritual clothing, that's what tzitzis is, is that instead of saying, I'm going to betray my true self, I'm going to wear garments that hide my true self, I'm going to say, I'm going to utilize the limited expression, the physical, to reveal something higher. And that's the idea. Basically, you're, you're in a physical body. You wear physical clothing. You, 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 no one sees anything transcendent about you on the surface. But the way you talk, the way you speak, the way you live, that's how you express higher things through that limited physical medium. And all of a sudden you turn the clothing, you turn your body into a vehicle of revealing the transcendent, of revealing something extraordinary, something developed, something sophisticated, something brilliant, something worthwhile. And all of a sudden, the surface becomes amazing because it's so much more than just the surface. And that's what tzitzis is. And it's also, you think about it, 
Why, when you look at tzitzis, do you think about Torah mitzvahs? Well, what, are, what are these achronim and the post What are they talking about? Well, why would you say that? What about it fundamentally represents? So what, think about tzitzis. What's the gematria of tzitzis? The gematria of tzitzis is 600. And these are bali halacha that bring down this gematria, right? What's the gematria? It's 600. How many strings and how many knots? Eight strings and five knots. So do the simple math. 600 plus 8 plus 5 is what? 613. Corresponding to the 613 mitzvahs that we use to connect ourselves to Hashem. Tzitzis literally is the embodiment of Torah mitzvahs. And that's tchilas. The Gemara Menachos says beautifully that what's the idea of tchilas? You see the beautiful, beautiful blue of Tchelas, and you think about the, the ocean. Then you think about the sky, then the Kisei covered. What, what's this idea? The idea is learning how to see with spiritual lens, how to trace yourself back to the root. And by the way, just as, as an aside, looking up, looking up at the sky, like as, as the analogy you know, of, of, of transcending, that's the analogy Hashem gave us for tracing ourselves back to our root, right? So you go from the ocean to the sky to the Kisei Kavod. We think that we're going up to Shemayim, to the spiritual lofty heights, but really spiritual transcendence is not about going up and further outside of yourself and away from yourself. Like Hashem isn't out there in the sky. Hashem is really deeper within you and really is about you know, real meditation and going deeper into your inner consciousness and delving deeper into yourself, that you connect with Hashem. That's what Shemona Esrei, that's what davening is all about. It's Avodah Salib, Avodah Saratzon, it's going deeper and deeper into your true self. And Tzitzis is all about building a mind of Torah. It's learning how to source yourself back to Hashem so that when you see things, you think about Torah, you think about Hashem, you think about spirituality. It's a classic story of Rav Dessler. Where a man asked Rav Dessler, are we really expected to make these connections? Like, you see Tzitzis, and you think about the ocean, you think about the sky, you think about the Kisekovo, and he's like, I don't really do that. Like, how, what, what's, what's the idea here? So Rav Dessler said, he, he thought for a moment, he said, you know, you're not really supposed to look at women's garments, even if she's not wearing them. Does that make sense to you? So the man was a little sheepish, and he said, yeah, because, you know, eventually, you know, you'll come to think of this, you'll come to think of that, and you know. So Rav Dessler said, Exactly. So it depends on where your mind is. If your mind is contemplating Hashem, contemplating Torah, contemplating the nature of reality, then you're always going to be making these connections. If your mind's somewhere else, you're going to be making other connections. It's about building a neural network of spiritual depth. And when you learn to see the world with spiritual lens, that's what Tzitzis is all about. It's the gateway into seeing the world properly. And it's also important to realize that it didn't say you look at the chilas and you think about the kisei kavod. It says you look at the chilas, you, you think about the ocean, then you think about the sky, then you think about the kisei kavod. Because you don't go straight from starting point to finish. There are stages, there are levels. You build step by step. You deepen. You build sophistication. You build intricacy. You build nuance. You qualify. You, you take it one step after another. And that's how you build something powerful. It doesn't happen overnight. It's an endless journey of building something incredible, of building a neural network so that the way you see in the world always has incredible spiritual Torah implications and connections. And that's why tzitz, tzitzis, what do you think about tzitzis? It has the same word as the root, as the root tzitz, which is what the coin goggle wears. Now that tzitz is a the head plate that the coin goggle wears on his forehead, but the idea in Machshava is that the coin goggle wears that on his, you know, on the fontanelle. It's kind of like where 
uh, and the spiritual component of the keser, the, the crown, it's that stunning point. So in, in deeper Jewish thought, the keser is always the root of every process. It's point of wills, the point of the starting point. Like every idea starts with that flash of inspiration where it's like will itself then there's this general conceptual thought then you break it down you intellectualize you you know you analyze it you break it down then you start to process it then you do it but it starts from that that highest point in your mind the highest point in your consciousness that point of will that point of of true agency true decision making true expression of self true ratzon and that's, as we mentioned, the idea of tefillah, of tapping into that rutsun, but that's also the idea of tzitz, is that tzitzis is all about tracing ourselves back to our root. It's about understanding where we come from, who we are, why we are. You look at tzitzis, you think about the message, you think about Hashem, you think about the Kisya covered, you're tracing yourself back to your root. It's incredible. Absolutely incredible. And why is it optional? Why is it optional? This is, a, this is a power. I was thinking about this for a long time. Why is it optional? And different options given. Some will say that it's optional because you know, Hashem wants you to choose it. Hashem wants you to choose to be an Abed Hashem. Okay, but that's not true of all the other mitzvahs. Like, what's going on here? So, there is some very deep Torah here. Some very deep Torah in relation to what's the difference between Avram Avinu and Shem and Aver. Because it seems that Avram introduced something new to the world. We all think of Avram as introducing something new, but Shem and Aver were teaching Torah, were learning Torah far before Avram. So the classic question that the Rishonim ask is, what did Avram introduce? What was so new about Avram? So some say that Avram was more of a Valkyr if he went out to the masses and shared it, and Shem and Aver didn't really do that. But there are some some deeper ideas in the in the Bali Machshava that talk about how Avraham's Torah was fundamentally different than Shem and Aver. At Shem and Aver, they survived the Dor HaMabal, the Dor HaFlaga, and they realized that in order to survive, they had to transcend this world. They had to remove themselves from the regular world, and they lived very transcendent spiritual lives, a spirituality that was completely divorced from the physical world. Just connecting to Hashem, Almost like, you know, spiritual transcendence, spiritual meditation. Think of like a Buddhist model where you just completely reject this world. Avraham was the first who really brought that transcendence into this world. So yeah, the, the bent path, the, the path has bent, the world is broken, the world is a world of two-ness, but I'm going to reveal that oneness of the root within the expression of two-ness. I'm going to reveal Hashem in this world. I'm going to connect Hashem to this world. I'm going to live a spiritually transcendent life in this world. Avraham's mitzvahs or brismila, which is uplifting the most physical and potentially animalistic organ in the body. We have people say brachos, connecting everything in this world back to Kosh Baruch Hu. His whole idea, his, his midas chesed, was showing the transcendence in this world. But the idealism of Avraham is ideal. It's not easy. It's much easier to live a spiritual life transcending this world. Living a life of oneness within a world of two-ness, living a transcendent spiritual life in this physical world, that needs to be a choice. The default, the easier road, is to live a shame and every life where you just, you know, you, you can either live a fully physical life where you completely give into your ears or transcend it and live a completely spiritual life. The ideal, the difficult ideal, 
is when you enter a world of tunis, you enter the cornered garment, and you still learn how to live a life of oneness. And that's tzitzas. It's when you enter a world of tunis where the garment bends, there's a corner, there's a turn, there's a bent path, and you straighten that bent path. That's the essence of tzitzas. That's the chib of tzitzas. And that's where tzitzas really comes into play. And why is tzitzas only post chitamaraglim? Think about it. It's absolutely wonderful. What, did, what was the essence of the chitamaraglim? It was ayin ra. It was the inability to see the true depth of Eretz Yisrael. It was the inability to see properly. Learn how to see properly. Why does it say, It should say, don't see after your eyes and after your heart. No, because it's when you build an internal framework, right? When you learn how to see internally, it affects how you see externally. What you see externally will affect how you feel internally, but what you already believe internally will transform the way you see the world. And that the way you're lived, the way your internal world is, that will affect your it will affect how you see. Uri also learn how to see the world properly. Learn how to see with spiritual eyes. Look at your tzitzas, trace yourself back to your source. Learn how to see depth within a physical surface. And there's another step as well, because one of the opinions of what the real Chid Hamaragam was, why did they do it? One opinion is they didn't want to leave the Midbar. They wanted to remain in the Midbar in the, in the miraculous stage of a Kodesh Baruch giving them money, taking care of their food and their clothing, and they're not having to go to the bathroom and the well of Miriam and all the miracles of the Minbar, they want to remain in the world where the physical world revealed oneness. They want to go into the world of Teva and Eretz Yisrael. That's what the Nitziv says. They want to go into Eretz Yisrael and have to put in the Shtalas and put in the work and have to see Hashem through the physical. Have to go into the realm of Purim where you have to view the miraculous within the natural. There's no open miracles in Purim. You have to view the miraculous within the regular course of nature. They didn't want that. They wanted to remain within the realm of oneness. And they needed Tzitzis. Why? Because what's Tzitzis? Tzitzis is all about going into the realm of Tunis, into the realm of brokenness, and building oneness. And now we can try to address why you're not chayv at night. Why are you chayv and tzitzes at night? So there are different answers, different ways of going about it. One, you can take a very practical approach and say that the idea of building oneness, the idea of building a world of oneness within this realm of two-ness, we're most able to do that, most potently able to do that during the day. Because at least during the day, it's it's tunis that has light. There's you know it's the realm of of a shefa of tov of goodness. It's more positive. You can't be expected to do it at night. You know to build that realm of oneness at night. And that's one approach. Another approach is that on a very practical level, you can't see at night. It's dark. So the whole concept of urisama so that when you see the tzitzis and tchilas, you'll be able to source yourself back to Hashem. That doesn't apply at night because you can't see at night. And there's also a deeper layer, which is that you don't need it at night, right? Because once visible light disappears, we don't have the illusion of Tunis anymore. Because you can easily connect to the abstract level of oneness. Meaning, when you see a physical world, it's hard to live in the realm of spiritual transcendence, of seeing deeper things, because you're stuck with a physical surface. But when you can no longer see the physical surface, you're in your mind, you're in your head, you can contemplate, you can abstract, you can etherealize, you can conceptualize, and you're able to live in this realm 
of, of spiritual consciousness, of building oneness inside of yourself. It's actually Rambam who says that the Kesser Torah is earned by the Torah you learn at night. We mentioned in the Shir Mezuzah that really building an internal world, really contemplating and building yourself in self-awareness and really understanding who you are, it's built in the Rosh Hashanah inside you know, a room by yourself where you're really focusing and really thinking and really able to build that harmonious internal self by yourself, and that's a realm of true oneness, true light, but it's where you're able to do that, where maybe you don't need to where it sits at that stage where you're by yourself inside the realm. So that's obviously more conceptual, it's not as halakhically based, but it does add in to where nighttime, it's not that you're not able to build oneness, and that's why you don't wear it to this. It's that you're able to do without it because you've transcended the physical garment of Ria, and you're able to really take what you've built during the day and continue to really, you know, quote-unquote materialize it, but really build on it and synthesize it into how you actually see the world, how you think, how you build your internal neural network, so to speak. And the idea of tzitzis, in essence, is learning how to see. So it's, it's obviously, it's our uniform. It's, it's a very beautiful mitzvah, but it's a very easy mitzvah on the practical level in terms of just wearing it. But more fundamentally, it's it's a training. It's a training in how to see the world, how to see yourself, how to see Hashem, how to see Klai Yisrael. So learning how to straighten the bent path. So we should be zochet to learn how to see with deeper eyes, deeper lens, to straighten the bent path and to where it's this is not only practically fulfilling the mitzvah, but understanding it on a deeper level and really utilizing it as a constant reminder that we're here to straighten the bent path, to deepen our perception and deepen our connection with Hashem, with ourselves, and all of Kalah Yisrael.